What's going on, man? I like the beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, Is that a new style? No, no. I've always had. Always, I, it was funny. I was looking at pictures the other day. I used to have like this little like uh, splotch of fuzz on my chin when I was like twenty. But yeah, if you count that as facial hair, I haven't had facial hair <laughs> since I've been like twenty. Yeah, but I so, noticed. I noticed the design here is a little different. Oh uh, yeah, just actually shaved. You know, it's been yeah. a. You know how it gets the last couple of weeks, you know, you start shaving your face less and less and less. And <laughs> playoff beard, if you will. Finally yeah, decided yeah. to clean myself up. I actually have our boy, uh, Nick, in town right now. She's uh, filming the leg session today from Gas. So. Cool. Ian, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up, boys? What's okay. up, man? You didn't I don't tell know. me who was going to be here. What's this shit? <laughs> I decided to trick you both and have you both on as the uh, have an argument show. No, um, Jerry Springer bodybuilding edition. Exactly. Yeah. Bring it back, Ian. I don't know if that uh, it's the lighting, but your face is looking drawn in, dude. Yeah, see, I got the I got the ring light here so that I look like extra. Booty. See, Hunter, you got to have the extra light to like sink in. Yeah, I have to sit in the basement because Ian, Ian's coach is always ripping on me for having like good, lights <laughs> and good pictures and shit. I'm just sitting here working with the natural light. Okay, I had to sit in the basement because we're getting a couch delivered. My couch, my dogs are going to fall in the basement. I'll get the ring light. So this is good. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, if, I, if we were having, if we were, uh, if we were having a death face contest in thirteen days, I'd be pretty fucked. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ian's face is one one of the worst ones I've ever seen for sure. That's, that's I'm trying uh, to get drawn in. So listen, so. Thanks for coming back, guys. It's a real bodybuilding podcast episode. This is episode fifty. And I thought I'd do something a little different for 50. And that was, these two guys are going to compete in two weeks. Is it two weeks now or just under? 13 days. Yeah. And uh, I thought I'd have them both on to discuss the show because everybody's talking about the show and these two seem to be the talk of the show. And you guys both kind of admit that, you know, you're, you're watching each other and kind of seeing what's going on. So I'll start with Hunter being the younger guy coming up. How are you? Uh, how, how, what's it like watching Ian? Ian doesn't post as many photos as you do. So does it feel like you're not sure what you're going to get or you kind of know what you're, you're heading into? Um, you yeah, know, no, honestly, I feel, I feel like I have a pretty good idea, good idea of what I'm getting myself into. Obviously, you know, Ian's up there, you know, with the best of them in terms of work ethic. I know for the last year he has been doing anything and everything he can possibly do to improve. You know, I know he has improved. You know, that being said, you know, I'm expecting him to show up in the level of conditioning he's known for. And then, you know, I'm expecting him to show up, you know, like three, four, five, six pounds better than last year or something. You know, like, good. Like, definitely a step forward. Definitely, you know, you put pictures next to the year over year, and it's like, yeah, he's a better bodybuilder than he is. So, what's your. What I'm going into and expecting. What's your weight at right now, Hunter? Uh, I took pictures for Andrew and weighed myself this morning. I was two fifty eight fast and coming off of my second low day. Ian, what's so, your weight? Ian, what's your weight right now? We, we, we almost had the exact same. I, really? After the stretch, I did. Uh, I guess I would in like four or five low days in a row last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like low days, relative term, but we'll get into that later. We're almost done with that shit, man, right? Almost done yeah. pushing low. <laughs> I was about the same. I've like the lowest I've been is it kind of in the 258 range. And then yeah. after a high day or two, I'll go up to low 260s, kind of in that, like 261, 262. But it's kind of all been in that range. Yeah. This okay, is so an interesting point you made, though. Even though the weights are the same, I feel like a lot of people are expecting the looks to be very different. And the example yeah. used in that thread's a great one. You know, like Jenny competed at the same weight that both of us are probably planning on getting that yeah. stage roundabouts. And well, you know, Jay obviously looks like he weighs 20 pounds heavier than us still. Yeah, I mean, I've competed against guys that are also way heavier than me that look way smaller. I mean, it goes both ways, right? So. I mean, yeah, well, you know, I, I have someone very near and dear to me that used to I make a living out of, you know, knocking off people that were 20, 30, 40 pounds heavier for sure. So definitely not all about size. I completely agree with you on that one. All right. So listen, this is why I wanted to have you guys on because this is exactly what it was, is you guys are both, in my opinion, and in my opinion is only my opinion, but my opinion is you guys have similar physiques. Not, I don't want to say exact. You both flow a little differently, but you have similar looks and you're similar weights. And I want to know, I don't want to know game plans. We're not talking about a game plan, but what is your strengths? Where do you guys think, I'll start with Ian. Where do you think your strengths are over Hunter's? 
I think mine's just a little bit more time. I think it's time holding this tissue. I think I've held this, this muscle a little longer than Hunter's held it. And like, look, I'll be the first one to say, do I think Hunter has some better shots than me? Absolutely. I mean, I said this last time, I think Hunter's got a really pretty front double. That is definitely not a strong pose for me. Um, but do I think I've held the tissue a little longer and in certain shots, I, I mean, in most shots, I think that'll show a difference in the maturity and kind of that grainy hardness in the muscle I have is a little different. Um, you know, Hunter definitely has that. I mean, I, I can see that in his look that that's, that's there. Um, but that look of hardness he has, I think reminds me of what I looked like maybe two to three years ago, not this year, you know? So you think you're going to beat him more on muscle maturity? Maturity. I think, I think from a look of hardness and conditioning, I think Hunter will be very conditioned, but I think it'll, it'll look to a harder, more conditioned look based off that because of my maturity. Yes. Uh, Hunter, what do you think? Do you think he's pretty accurate in saying that? This is Hunter's physique for you guys who are watching. This is, this is your latest photos you put up? Yeah, that's the most recent set of photos for sure. Um, you know, I completely hear what he's saying, and, you know, like he's absolutely right. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, you, but you went pro at 23, correct? Yeah, I turned pro in uh, – yeah, I would have been 23 or 24. I was 23 or 24, 24. I turned pro in 2014, so I would have been 23, yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't even do my first amateur show until I was 26. So, I like, completely agree with you there. You've been doing a lot longer than I have. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, a thing that, you know, people miss when they talk about that density being strictly a muscle maturity thing. And I feel like it's the reason that I have so much of it at a young age. And then Ian, obviously, is not even 30 yet either. And he has, like, so much of that green look is, you know, the, the training style. And so uh, – you know, while I agree that, you know, like I've got some time to, to build that maturity, I feel like both, you know, you and I have kind of fast-tracked the look a little bit from how we train, you know, the, the hard, heavy, progressive overload with the locked-in form. I really think that's made a difference in both of ours. I don't think it's typical uh, look for someone under 30 to have. So, yeah. I got I to gotta say, in looking at these photos, Hunter, though, I do think it's weird, Ian. He is right. Like, he carries quite a bit of muscle maturity at – Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like this. I, like when I when I see this, no, no, no I, I know you're not saying anything neg negative, Ian. I'm just saying, it's it's shocking, Hunter, how much density you have to the muscle. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, sure. at the, at this age already. So let me preface what I'm saying here because I'm I'm not I'm not saying he's lacking it. I'm saying of course. I have more. It's of like course. he could be a nine out of ten. I'm just a ten out of ten, and nine doesn't make it less. You know? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm a ten out of ten. I'm just saying. In scales, we're both in the upper echelon of oh, hard, graded sure. looks. Of I'm just saying that me carrying that muscle a little longer, I think will show in a different way on stage. That's all. All right. So I want to get into I want to get into something else. Uh, Hunter said something about training. So this is the other reason I wanted to bring you guys on because there's a lot of young guys out there that don't understand how you guys got to where you are. And listen, I need to tell everybody ahead of the time because there's some really dumb people out there that I have to preface this for. We are talking about people that are enhanced, and we're talking about people that want to be pro bodybuilders or want to gain a lot of muscle. So it's incredible how many people need that caveat. It's like I you're watching it. a podcast with three pro bodybuilders and like, well, well, they, they didn't specifically say this. Like, <laughs> okay, guys. Well, so there's no so, disclaimer. Now that you gave it to him, yeah. let's get back to this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I want to ask you guys at, at Hunter, how old are you? 27, 28? 28, turned 28 in May. And Ian, you're 29 or 30. Okay, so you guys are both in your late 20s, and you already have the density of, like, somebody in their early 30s or more. Um, your training styles are similar or different? What would you say? I know you guys both train heavy, but what, where is the difference in your training styles, if you guys can explain them? Let's start with from the what I've seen on From what I've seen on Instagram, and, you know, it's obvious to me it's going off Instagram, and he basically just goes off what he's seen on my stuff. You know, it seems – like we're pretty similar in the fact that, you know, we have exercises that we have found that fit our bodies well. We run those exercises into the dirt. We don't really switch them out that often. Yeah. We work up to the top sets. We maybe do a back offset. We use intensity techniques. But uh, it seems like at least observing what he's done is he's not a super high volume guy either. And I know, you know, me personally, myself, my workouts will never get over like eight or nine so, so let's get in, let, let's get he into is it. that pretty close to what you do or is that way off one, one minute guys let's get into a little bit of specifics so hunter when you're training let's say how many overall sets are you doing including like feeder sets and warm-up sets say for chest so, just say for chest like how many sets yeah, so, so i, I, I train push pull legs and everyone loves that but uh <laughs> i train push i train push pull legs so on my push day i have 
the compound for triceps in, but no actual isolation work. So I basically train chest, shoulders, and then do heavy isolated dips. Yeah, you do an arm day in that cycle as well, don't you? I do have an arm day. I do have okay. an arm day. It's more, it's more so because I needed, an, I needed a little bit more rest than I needed the arm day. If that makes yeah. sense, you know, like active recovery, right? Yeah, Since yeah. we're dead when we're not in the gym. Yeah. But um, yeah. So like whenever, whenever I train, you know, first exercise, I'll, I'll always do like a warm up set, you know, like something like flies or something. But then get to the first compound movement, you know, like for example, you know, like like I said, I do exercises I've been doing for this point like months because I track them and you know keep the lifts in and really ride them until the wheels fall off. So you know, like did a arsenal flat press, you know, like threw a plate on, did ten reps, threw two plates on each side, did ten reps, you know, jumped up to four, did, you know, six to eight, went to six, you know, did six to eight, okay, put so seven on, and felt it for two, and then put eight on and did one complete, you know, all out max effort set and then peeled two plates off for the back off set and did it all out again. Okay, so just I'm just trying to get an even like an even number. When I do chest, I'm usually looking at four exercises and I'm looking at four sets per exercise. Those aren't all working sets or failure sets. I'm just saying that's my total. How many? So, are? I'm, so I'm usually so, so no, the probably. best way for me to say it is like when you, you say you when you look at your training, you have like X number of exercises for X number of sets. Yeah. Uh, I truly, truly, truly don't track anything but the working sets. You know, like it, okay. for the first set, like I said, it might be, you know, like five sets of presses before I actually move my working weight. But, you know, like from there on out, it might be, okay, let me do one set to get a feel for the exercise. Let me get another set in to really get the load, like almost to where I want it. And then the third set, you know, like let's go. So, you know, so like from my standpoint, counting the volume, a typical chest workout, chest and shoulders uh, workout will be either in the off season, six motions right now, four to five, and yeah. it'll be two working sets per exercise. Okay, that sounds about right. And Ian, are you kind of like in the same place that way? Because that's kind of how I am too, I guess. Yeah, I mean, in terms of this, the structure of how he's doing his, his sets and counting sets, I'm the exact same, 100%. Okay. I don't count my, my priming sets, nothing like that, until it's like my first maximal effort set, that's what I count as set one. Yeah. Um, I lately, obviously, working with Patrick, my training has changed a little. I mean, I wanted to ask you about that. I was curious if he was helping yeah, yeah. with that too. It's very interesting so, what he does. So Patrick versus Matt. Obviously, Patrick is a lot higher volume focused guy than than Matt. Mm -hmm. Obviously, was. Um, and you know, working with Matt, that's when I first got into the kind of style that Hunter trains out with, like you know, the top top set and then a back off set. You know, max of maybe you know six to ten working sets in a, in a workout, depending on the body part. Um, that's kind of when I first started that, which I have kept a lot of that and carried that over. Mm. Um, then obviously working with Patrick, the volume in terms of total exercises has maybe increased. The amount of times we're utilizing intensifying techniques has increased. Okay. Okay. So your volume's a little higher. What about more importantly than the train? Well, I shouldn't say more importantly, it's both important, but when it comes to training, you guys both believe in like complete failure on at least one set of each exercise, correct? Yes. Okay, so people out there who are like, oh, you don't have to go to failure to grow, they're not talking about what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, if, if I may, you know, I really at this point believe if you look around and see the people that have really made the crazy progress and see the people that have really, you know, put on crazy amounts of tissue and you know, really have established themselves as, you know, maybe like, like, I'm going to call them experts, you know, like but pe persons of authority, you know, they're not just some random pro, you know, like you say this guy's name, is like, oh yeah, he really knows what he's doing in the gym. Yeah. You know, they, they're typically training like this now, at least in my opinion. Uh, Ian, you think it's okay? I agree. Yeah. Okay. So, I actually have to say this, I have to add this other disclaimer because of people that say dumb shit. You guys know you don't have to agree with me, correct? You guys aren't like, you're not on here feeling pressured to agree with anything I'm saying, correct? Of course not. Absolutely. Okay, okay. okay good. Yeah. Uh, You've been on here with me before. I'm not yeah. a very agreeable well, person. What do you think this is? We're both under two weeks out. We love arguing <laughs> with people. Right now. Listen, I'm just, I have to, Hunter, you'd be amazed. Ian, you know why? I have to say these things because apparently people think you're just going to massage my ego and agree with me anyway, but I'm, you're no, not. But in this aspect, we're talking about training. We're talking about three guys here that have a very similar essence to their physiques between the yeah. three of us. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously going to be commonalities. Especially okay, but, training. okay. But even if you're talking about an average guy, right? Mm -hmm. An average guy who's eating enough food, mm -hmm. the fastest way to build muscle is to go to failure. I 100% agree with you. I think where the rift comes here is that people at that level of training knowledge and like self-knowledge don't 
know how to train to proper failure. And I think in that point, utilizing a higer volume and lower intensity techniques is probably better. If you're doing two working sets and you're saying I'm going to, to failure, but your failure is actually like an 80%, it's like, well, now you're just doing low volume, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Your intensity is not there and it's just no volume, so it's fucking pointless. It's you funny. Know, for, so it's I think funny. as the more advanced you get, the more you can get away with doing less working sets. When I was, you know, 21 years old, I, I didn't know what a true failure, like at the time I did, of course, and obviously everything here is perception. But what I now consider a true set to failure is obviously vastly different than what I thought two, four, six, eight, ten years ago, right? Mm. And that's just, you know, from body awareness, you know, training IQ, right? I mean, that's developed over time. Uh, Yeah, when you're starting off, I don't think jumping into a low volume, you know, two working sets, because you're not going to know how to train to proper failure, despite what you think you can Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to, and now you're just training at low volume, and you're doing yourself a disservice. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And you know, to, to get to the point where you know you can take those sets with, because you know, like a lot of people, I think the mistake too, when they try and train in the manner in which you're saying when they aren't truly advanced, is they spend so much time thinking about the form. And I always call it, you know, like the X and the X's and the O's instead of the Johnnies and the Joes. You know, like the the plays instead of the execution of the actual set. And, you know, like, they'll spend so much time thinking about the minutia of it. The fact is they get under a bar and, you know, they stop when it gets uncomfortable or they stop when it starts getting painful or they haven't gotten to the point where they've built up those pathways to the point where they can keep everything locked in and their form perfect once it gets painful and hard. So I completely agree with you. You know, it takes time to to build to the point where you really can knock out, you know, the work that you need to do and, you know, those one, two or three sets. Otherwise, you know, like Ian said, you're just kind of training low volume and leaving, leaving, leaving some on the table, in my opinion. It's interesting you guys said that, you know, because I've never, I've never made that distinction, but it makes a lot of sense because I've always considered people, I always just assume people understand what failure is. But I guess you're, I guess you're right. When you're starting out. There's a big difference between, you know, know, one of us getting in the hat squat, you know, it's like, it's kind of like dark to say, but you know, I'll give him that thing like, okay, someone's got a fucking gun to my mom's head. And if I don't do this (laughs) as many times as I can, you know, someone's going to hurt my family. You know, it's a big difference squatting like that. Or, you know, like I'll be completely fucking honest with you. You know, I get under that hack squat and I go, I don't get 15 reps on the set. He's going to beat me in three weeks, you know, (laughs) and it, it makes a really, it makes a really big difference. How many kids have you trained with over the years where you go and they're training and they stop a set and you were like, you had fucking three, four, five, four yeah. reps. Yeah. Oh, bro, you, them, you got a Jedi mind tripping. So you yeah. put your hand on it and then you get like a rep or two out of yeah. it just by putting your hand on it. And then you're like, okay, two more, two more. You're like, okay. And but, they actually but knock, their mind, two by their, they knock out the two by themselves completely. And then you just kind of repeat that like another four or five times and then they're actually kind of close to true failure. Go ahead, Ian. Sorry. <laughs> I said, but in their mind, they're, they are going to failure. Yeah. When yeah. you're saying, why'd you stop? You know, you had four more. They're like, no, I, I was done. That was it. But you're like, I know you had more. Like you, because you've been around the weights and you know what true sets to failure are, you can recognize that where they, they only know the feeling that they've pushed themselves to. So that when it's, un- it's uncomfortable. That, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's alarming. They push themselves to the point where it's like alarming how bad it hurts. But that's the failure. So let me ask you, because you just said something, Ian. Uh, sorry, you said something, Hunter. When you guys are in the gym, and we'll start with Hunter since you already said it, when you're failing, are you thinking about Ian on stage? Um, whenever I'm failing, I, I not, not Ian specifically on stage, like I, did, I, like I, I said, you know, I was definitely crossed my mind training the last couple of weeks on my right sets. But, you know, it's like, I'll just do, you know, it's like, I've always been real bad about this too, you know, like ever since I've been a kid, you know, it's like, if you don't do X, Y, Z, then this isn't going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, so I'm just, you know, like, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking make it happen. You know, it's like, like I said, if I don't squat this X amount of times, then I'm not going to win my birthday. So you... Yeah. So, so, just, so you might you might throw them in, you might throw it in from time to time, but it's not your overarching motivation. No, my overarching motivation it really is, and the fun part about bodybuilding for me, like com- competing, competing's okay. I'll tell this to everybody. The actual like last like week and getting shaved and tan and all like me, <laughs> me. Yeah. The, the fun part, the, the the thing that I really truly enjoy is you know the off season when I'm training with my friends. But I'm really, really pushing the envelope in terms of strength, really pushing yeah. the envelopes in terms of size, you know, 
you know, what, what, what real bodybuilders love, you know, the off season, yeah. like really just grinding it out. That's, that's, that's what I love. So, so Ian, uh, Ian, I'll ask you the same question. Are you, and, and guys don't hold back as if, cause I know when I train, I kind of have somebody I want to beat in my head sometimes, especially when I'm just close. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, like, does it cross my mind? Of course. And like, I was in Montreal training with a buddy last week. And I mean, there was countless times where I was pushing sets, you know, to the end. And it's like, I, I, I was getting to that point where you're squeezing out the last rep or two. And, you know, he'd be like, come on, you got to beat Hunter. You know, like he would use those cues to like get in my head. Like, yeah. you know, and obviously like, this is no, and maybe we'll talk about this. This is no offense to like anyone else doing the show. But, yeah. like, this hype is built around me and Hunter. And I, I'm going to say that 100% honestly. Yeah. No one else is being talked about the show like Hunter I am. And I feel Hunter is my biggest competition. So, for me, yeah. uh, that is my, my motivation in terms of pushing those sets. Obviously, I want to win the show. And, obviously, I want to have my physique at his best. But I have to beat Hunter to accomplish those things. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, yeah, it definitely crosses my mind. And, you know, it's, it's a good motivation to use when you know someone else. And, you know, it would be different if it was, like, and I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus here, but if it was someone that I knew wasn't training super hard, you know, yeah, if it yeah. was like some guy that was like a top guy, you know, like, I don't even want to be like, say like a Michael Lockett genetic freak. Who's probably not training that hard, you know, a guy like that. Yeah. If he's training, I'm not thinking I got to do the set because Michael's going to be doing it harder. I've never thought that in my life, you know, I but when it comes to guys like that, I know train like you train or Hunter trains, uh, you know, guys like that, you have to have that, that mindset because you know that they are you know yeah yeah are you guys when i get to this phase if i if there's somebody i know is going to be at a show that i want to beat are you guys thinking about the check that comes with the show or are you guys thinking about the olympic olympia qualification are you guys thinking about any of those other things that are benefits to the show that you want but i you- don't care about olympia qualification i don't care about the money really i, I would do pro shows if it was for free i really i mean let's be serious in bodybuilding like none of us are living our lives off collecting fucking winning checks like no. i'll get ten thousand dollar first place checks yeah, yeah i mean yeah. what you win five shows a year you're only making 50k <laughs> it's you know it's your our contracts and our things that we're doing outside of bodybuilding you know whether it's coaching or podcasts or you know any of these things that's where we're getting paid you know like a ten thousand dollars is like hey this is some nice money maybe i'll put it on my mortgage maybe i'll buy myself something nice like that's we're, you know maybe i'll see paid, paid for the animal protein for this yeah, yeah. For this from the chicken. that's okay. that's like that's extras that's that's fun money that's not like something we rely on by so your focus for the show your focus for the show is first winning second olympia qualification even though those are tied together but like you want to win and you want to get your qualification and then third on the list is i want to beat the other guy Yes. I mean, in, in my mind, especially too, like I have a, a fucking bone and a half to pick because of last season. I mean, like, you know, last I qualified for the Olympia in 2018. I slugged out four shows last year. I missed qualifying by one point, like literally one point. And it was, was it really one point. Yeah. And it was one point that was based off like uh, a million contingencies. Like if Dexter hadn't have done Tampa, I would have qualified for the Olympia. If Lucas Oslidil hadn't have done Portugal, I would have qualified for the Olympia. If that Mohamed Shaban guy hadn't won Portugal, which he didn't deserve. Which he didn't deserve. I saw that, yeah. I'd say it to his face. He didn't deserve it. Um, You know, if if Lucas had won that show, then Lucas would have been off the points. I would have been bumped up. I would have qualified. So, I mean, there's 50 scenarios that could have happened that would have qualified me, and then I missed by one point. So, obviously, in the back of my mind, I'm like, getting to the Olympia is, like, number one. That is number one priority. And to get to the Olympia, I have to win Tampa. And to win Tampa, I have to beat Hunter. That's the order. Hunter, is that kind of the same thing in your mind, or is there some some other motivations? Man, to be honest with you, uh, mine's uh, gonna gonna be a little different than his. Um, you know, mine mine's kind of getting boiled down to the fact that you know it's it's, it's another one of those big milestones coming to a head for me, and it's that is you debut. know it, it 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 is my pro debut, and uh, you know it is the first time that I'm coming back to stage after a surgery, so. There's a couple of things that I feel like I have a lot to prove to myself for at this mm-hmm. one. And then, uh, you know, obviously, man, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's never been a secret. I've told people this privately. I'm pretty sure I've said, I've said it in public, but I'll say it now. The goal for my rookie season has always been to stand on stage in September, December now. Yeah. But you know, it's, that's, that's always been the goal. It's always been for it to end with an Olympia qualification my rookie season. I didn't want to compete at a pro show unless it was to, you know, be trying to go to the big one. So, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, obviously, yeah, winning with my my mind's on winning, but it's not winning for the Olympia qualification so much as it's, you know, it's winning for 
you know, getting, you know, step, stepping out. It's my pro debut. It's a big deal to me. Well, there's, really, not a lot of, there's not a lot of guys that walk on their first show and win. So I mean, there's not a lot of guys that even had that as a discussion, you know? Well, I mean, listen, there's not a lot of guys that have won pro shows. I mean, if no, you look at this, look even, at the, the even brand. to be good enough to be in the discussion of being able to win your pro debut is, a, is an accomplishment in itself. So, I mean, then you're just going up from there, right? So, I mean, so yeah. Hunter, or actually, let me ask Ian, is it devastating if the young guy comes in and wins his pro debut over you? No, what happens, like what, ha what happens uh, on Sunday after the show? Yeah, that like, look, we all compete to, to win. Like Hunter said, he's competing because he thinks he can win because he wants to be on stage in September, December now, whatever. I wouldn't be going there if I didn't think I could win. I, and in my mind, I, I, I feel confident. I know these things, you know, but am I going to be upset about it? Of course I would. would I, I, you can't put this kind of time and effort into something and then just not care about it after you don't get the no, why, why are you even fucking doing it if you don't care after? It's like, eh, okay, I'll get the next one. It's like, yeah. why are you even doing this then if you care yeah. that little, you know? Yeah. Would I be upset? Does the fact that it's his pro debut or anything like that change the dynamic for you? No, because I've competed against 100 pros that have done 50 shows that are half as good of a bodybuilder as 100. So yeah. it really makes no difference. I mean, yeah. you know, I've done a million shows with guys in the fifth, sixth fallout that I don't even think deserve a pro card. So... You know, if I beat them, I'm like, wow, I beat them. But then if I lose to Hunter, who's actually – I mean, and if he beats me, where in my personal opinion, I mean, I think I'm a, a top 10, top 12 guy in the world. You know, if I he beats me, he's he's clearly that good. So it's like, what's the problem with that? Wait point? a minute. I want to ask you something, and this is a personal question. Sure. You just ranked yourself top 10, 12 in the world, right? Yeah. Why? Well, wait a minute. I'm not oh. saying I, I'm not saying I disagree with you. Okay. But I always played that game in my own head, and I and I want to know where how you came up with that. Uh, I based based that kind of just I mean that's just a, a random number I threw out, but I mean I base that off guys that I've competed against that I'm always kind of in the mix with or have beaten that place around there consistently at the Olympia. I mean I beat okay. Lucas Oslo in Tampa, he came eighth at the Olympia. I've beaten Juan Morel at the Olympia. I've beaten Michael Lockett. I've beaten Sergio. Um, you know I've beaten a lot of these guys who have been i mean you know especially guys like one um or lucas guys that have consistently placed up in those good spots you know okay. so i have beat those guys obviously am i if there was a ranking chart to come out no i wouldn't be a top 12 top rank guy i haven't done that i haven't yeah. come to the olympia i have not placed top 10 um you know but when i consider myself in the level of bodybuilders out okay. there and where i see myself fitting in a line if we had a long line of guys i yeah. think i fall in the same kind of echelon of those guys that are falling in between the eight and 12th to 14th at the Olympia. Okay, it's valid. I can see that. Uh, Hunter, same same question. What what happens if, you know, you had surgery, you're coming back from like, you know, your shoulder surgeries and you, you know, built your body up to an amazing level. He's going to your pro debut and you walk away with second. What happens? Is it completely uh, devastating or you just walk on the next stage and, and crush that one? Uh, if I walk away with second, which I'm not planning on the next morning when I wake up, <laughs> I'm gonna go eat uh, go eat breakfast with the other guy we have on this webcast as long as he's down still. <laughs> and then uh, you know, it's gonna be the rest of the day. I'll enjoy that day and then we'll be getting ready and going to Puerto Rico. Okay, let me ask you this. And this yeah. is a, this is an interesting one for me because I remember uh, twenty eleven I took third to Dexter and, and Evan. Evan won that show. Okay, the Flex Pro. And I remember I remember even though I was third, I was kinda happy for Evan winning. Is there a scenario where that happens in, with you two guys? Where yeah, I mean, I, I, dude, dude, at the end of at the end of the day, you know, him and him and I like through and through, like we don't do this for any other reason. We love fucking bodybuilding, mm -hmm. and I think I, either one of us would have the worst, shittiest taste ever in our mouth if we walked away not feeling like we actually like won the show, you know. So, but it's going to be clear whoever deserves to win is going to win the show. And, but that's not. Know, what, but, that, but that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking. Even though there's, you know, a, a large part of your brain that's bitter and upset that you lost, is there a part oh, of you that's that's happy? There, there's, there's clearly people that I would be a lot more upset losing to. <laughs> you know, I respect, I like Hunter as a person. I respect his work ethic. I respect him as a bodybuilder. Um, you know, I respect everything that he's put into this. So, you know, out of all the people, it's probably up there in the, the high percentage of people I would be the least upset 
to losing to. Am I? That's that a good way to put it. Yeah. There's much worse upset? people to lose to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that mean I'm not <laughs> upset? No, obviously not. I came there to win the show, and like Hunter said, I plan to win the show. Yeah. But if that's not the case, I mean, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that I would way, way rather not lose to than Hunter. You know? Okay, that's kind of that's kind of the point yeah. I was trying to get to. So, okay, that's good. The okay, I don't want to keep you guys too long because I know Hunter, you got like a you have like an hour, so we have a, a little bit to go. But I want to get into your diets. You guys both made dramatic changes in your physiques in the last year. So I want to go quickly. Not I don't want to go too much detail, but I want to go quickly through your off seasons. Hunter, you can start. How how much food were you eating in the off season? I'll tell you what I, ate every, what I ate every single day until we started dieting for the show. It's really easy. I had two cups of egg whites and three cups of oats for meal one. I three, had cups, four, three cups of oats? Three cups of oats. Oh, blend, so it, blend it and drink it. 400 grams of rice and 50 grams of isolate before I train. 150 grams of carbolin and 50 grams of isolate after I train. 400 grams of rice and eight ounces of beef after that meal. 400 grams of rice and chicken for the next one. And then another two cups of egg whites and another three cups of oats before I went to sleep. All right. So question. But the two meat meals, probably about two or three months into that, I started blending the meat and just drinking it. Are you serious? You, what, you're blending the right. meat the rice? I, honest, honestly, dude, anyone who really knows me this knows this is, this is no lie. If I had the appetite of like any normal human being that's my size, I could like easily go 280, 290, 300 in the off season. Okay. Like, not even like if my food is my rate limiting factor, and like you heard how much I'm eating, and it's still like I had yeah. abs and lines in my glutes when I started prep. Still, like it's yeah. like I it, this this next off season, I'm gonna get pretty crafty with the fats. Honestly, I'm gonna start just like eating like 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 oil and yeah. nut butters and everything and everything. We'll have to to get my so calories. Let me ask you, Hunter. So, what do you think calorie wise you're eating? Like 6,000 calories? In the off season? Yeah. Yeah, it was 58 to 6,200 a day, depending on the time. Ian, you're, you're approximately doing 6,002, right? Yeah, I was like in the six to 6,500 range. I'm a little lower protein than him, but a little higher carbs. Like, I never eat three cups of oats, but my, my rice meals would be a little bigger than that. I'd be eating like closer to 450, 500 rice. I mean, it's hard to, to compare everything because I, with Patrick, I weigh everything raw measure, right? So, yeah. like, if I'm doing 175 grams of raw rice, that cooks up to like 450 to 525 kind of range. So it would kind of be in there. Um, Patrick, as we discussed the last time, and you've discussed with him having it on your podcast, he's a lower-ish protein guy, especially when the carbs are super high. Um, so like if we're talking cooked portions, I was probably in like at most maybe the seven ounce range yeah. for my okay. meat meals. Um, you know, and that's over, over six meals. I would eat four, four meals with meat and then have two that would be like eggs with meat combination of some kind. So, um, but yeah, so my car, I'm a higher carb guy for sure. So you're also though, but you're also like a six, 6,500. Yes. Okay. I want to play a little game here. So let's start with Hunter. What, uh, I want to do this just so people understand, because if I don't show them, they're just not going to get it. So I have a cal calorie cal uh, calorie converter here, like a metabolic uh, calculator here. Yep. Hunter, what's your height? 5'9". Five 5'9". Nine. Five nine. And you weighed in the off-season? 258 this morning. Oh, this off-season? Yeah. I started this prep 272. So let's say you were 272 in the off-season. And your age, 20, 28, you said? 28, yeah. 28. All right, let's see. 2447, <laughs> right? And are, we, to, wait, are we getting into the Greg Doucette conversation? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I just want people to understand. What a segue. I just want – no, we're not going to get it. I don't care what fucking Greg just said. Says he, <laughs> listen, you know what? This, I just want to prove a fucking point here. So 2447, you're going to multiply by 1.725 for activity level because you're probably training twice a day, right? Uh, once right now still. But because I, I don't like doing fasted cardio in the sense that I don't like it getting me out of the bed. Disrupting my sleep. Time out, time and out. It being like an hour and a half or two hours before I actually eat. I do my cardio fasted per se because I eat, I go to the gym. By the time I start training, it's already been an hour. And by the time I'm done and on the stairs, you know, it's been three and a half hours since I put food in my stomach. Okay, it's, it's, not, it's not relevant. So let's just multiply it in case, as if you were training twice a day. We'll give, yeah, yeah, we'll give, right. we'll give right. Greg, we'll give Greg even more 
of, of a little bit of a slack, okay? I'm completely unaware about this. Are you throwing me under the bus? No, no, I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm using you as an example as to why Greg okay. doesn't know what he's talking about. So Greg thinks that, Greg Doucette thinks that you can do three to 500 calories over your, over your maintenance and be as big as we are, which basically would mean, uh, Hunter, you're at 42.21. That's with the 24.47 on the screen multiplied by 1.7 for activity level. That's training twice a day. Yeah. So if we add 500, that still only puts you at 47.21. And he said he's he's only training once a day, so you're more like 42 to 45. Yeah, that's right. And you said that'd be that'd be a big enough deficit to me to where I'd start sharpening up from that. Well, so that's I, what I said. You're probably eating you're probably eating 4,000 calories right now. Well, actually, two weeks out, you're probably no. I sent you over my diet. It's pretty low right now. But that's right. Like two or two or three weeks ago, I definitely was still eating like 35, 4,000 calories. Okay, but wait. The point I'm trying to make is there's no way you would have made get the size gains you made eating this. This no, absolutely not. Easy and every single easy. time that I've ever bumped my food, it's gone hand in hand. This is the first time I've done three cups of oats instead of two for my first and last meal, and I got bigger. This is the first okay. time I ate 400 grams of rice instead of 300, and I got bigger. It's okay. so you're directly related. So your surplus, if this says 4721, you said you're eating around 6,000 calories. You're over a thousand calorie surplus this yeah. off season. Okay, for sure. Ian, how tall are you? Yeah, I'm not quite 5'10". I'm 5'9 and a half, so it's 5'9". Let's say 5'9", and your weight in the off-season? <sighs> the heaviest or, like, average? Average weight in the off-season. Like 290. 290. And you're 29 years old. So that's 25.52, okay? 25.52 times... That's crazy. It's only 100 extra calories for, like, 20 more pounds of tissue. I know. That's surprising, yeah. So you're at 4,400 calories. And you said you're eating between six and 6,500 calories a day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would lose, like Hunter said, I would start sharpening up. I would start losing weight at 4,000. Okay, so we've already made the disclaimer that this is for enhanced athletes, but I'm just trying to show all of you out there that are listening, whether you're, I mean, this probably doesn't count for beginners, but if you're an intermediate lifter or an advanced lifter, you can see that the surplus these guys are in is well over three to 500 calories. And they both admit they would be probably losing weight, if not staying the same. If they were to, I mean, to, put it, to put it into perspective, when we started prep, my off-season diet carried into prep. It was the exact same diet, and all we did was just add a little more, like adding consistent and more cardio. That was it, and I started to come down. Okay, so again, for a second, yeah, I just, I just had to stop having snacks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so again, for for a second podcast now, we're all in agreement, and we've already said that you guys don't have to agree with me. We're all in agreement that you have to be well into a surplus to make the size gains that you guys made in the time that you made them. Yeah, okay, that, that last sentence, the latter, that is the most important part. Of course it is, and that's what I always say. It's the yeah, time. Because what Greg's rebuttal to this will say is that, yes, you could have done it, but it would, you'd do it a little longer, you'd stay a little leaner, and it'd be a little healthier to not push the food. It's not necessary because in that, with that much of a surplus, you are gaining a bit of excess body fat. No, 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 time out, time out, time out. Yeah, I'm saying what he would say. No, he's saying you can do it in the same time frame. When he does his main, oh, okay. when he said his, when he does his main gain video, he's saying everybody at the end of the year is going to be the same size, whether you, whether you're in a deficit, whether you're main gaining, or whether you're in a surplus. And I'm like, that doesn't make any scientific sense. Like no, that doesn't. doesn't fit the simple equation of caloric expenditure. Well, he thinks that if you in a surplus, like you guys are, if you guys are in a thousand to fifteen hundred calorie surplus, that you've gained so much fat. That by the time you lost all the fat, you've lost some muscle too, and now you're the same size as the guy who was. Maybe if you're talking about like a completely deconditioned sample of people, the people that are watching this podcast or the people that are watching his are not a deconditioned sample of people. That's my point. Is it's, we're talking about we're talking about bodybuilders at our level or guys that want to be at our level or in, in, intermediate. Hell, even your typical gym rat that's eating five or six times a day and has a reasonable knowledge, they need to be in a big deficit to really. Okay. I mean, go on Hunter's Instagram and find some off-season photos because he was lean all year, and that's at eating like over a thousand into to surplus, right? So I mean, it kind of just shows it right there. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Look, I just I, I'm not going to get any deeper into this. I just wanted to prove a, a simple point with calories. You know, everybody thinks like, well, as soon as you're surplus, that means you're going to get fat. Yeah. Well, no, not necessarily. 
So I just want to make sure like, and yes, PEDs play a part. I'm not saying they don't, but I just want to make it clear that when you're trying to put on a maximum amount of muscle, you need to be in a heavy surplus of clean food. No one said eat pizza. No one said eat shit. You want to know, in my experience, what truly has made, and like, the, I, it's just one of those things that I know you and Andrew, man, yeah, no, no shit, Hunter. We say this all the time, but it's like, it's just people just underestimate the, 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 like, literally crazy results that brutal consistency for extended periods of time can bring. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about like, oh, like I strung together three good weeks in my off season. I'm talking, you know, it's like I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm the last person that goes, look at me, look at me, look at me. But you know, for, it's my job. So every day for six months, I ate what I said I ate, and I did what I did. Yeah. And you know, I think it's just that extreme level of consistency more so than anything else. You know, because people want to blame it on this, they want to blame it on that. You know, there's like most of the guys running around at the gym around as much shit as I am. You know, it's just like to be blunt. You know, well, that's the, and that's, it's, and that's the other thing that I that drives me crazy is like when I listen to someone like Greg Doucette, he'll be like, "Well, it's the PEDs," and I'm like, "Do you know how many people in the gym, if they were all being honest, I could point to that are on PEDs?" It's like the whole fucking gym is on PEDs, but no one's making it. the vast majority of guys that lift just the average gym bro is it taking at least your basic like anivar or d ball or some kind of oral steroid of some part like that's more common than not in today's gym scene yes the level the level of dms i get from people that are like i'm eating my diet and i'm taking this gear and i'm not getting any size and i look at their diet and i'm like you're only eating 2500 calories yeah well, you're only three three thousand calories you're not eating enough food i mean that's always the the crux of it but Anyway, I just wanted to make that kind of clear before we move on. I want to get into your diets really quick before you guys go. Uh, I'm going to share my screen and we'll start looking at, this is Hunter, this is your current diet. Yeah, that's current right now. I'm getting I, thought, close. This would, I thought this would be interesting for people to see. So what's 80 grams of oats look like? Is that like a cup? or? That's two? one cup measured dry. One yeah. cup dry. So 50 grams of carbs. This looks like it will digest really quickly, right? There's nothing in it. Do you put any oat, do you put any Splenda or sweetener or anything in your oats? Um, so what I do actually is I'll do 250 mLs of egg whites at that meal, and then I'll do 250 with meal two, and then I'll move half a scoop of that whey isolate to the first meal. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll do the whey protein in my oatmeal, and it makes it pretty tasty, and I'll throw like an extra splenda in it. And I actually like having both protein pre-workout because I feel like it digests a little better too. That's a good idea. I like that, that thought. So here we got 140 grams of rice, which is nothing. Um, 55, 55 grams of cream of rice is also nothing. And then you got your whey isolate, carbolin. Is that during your yeah, Basically, the carbs are just kind of what I want at this point. So they're all equivalencies. I never do the yeah. carbolin anymore, obviously. I'm okay, so this meal four is just meat? There's nothing? Yeah. Nope. And then you got some avocado here. And then again, just some fish oil at the end of the day. So this is pretty... Yeah, you got to think about eight ounce filet, though. It's got, it's got about 35, 38 grams of fat. No, 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 so I know. It's like, it's like having the fish with the avocado. Yeah, but I mean, still, even like meal four, five, six here, this is like, you, you got to be pretty hungry at this point. Um, yeah, so typically meal three, I'll have by about 3.30 in the afternoon, and by about five o'clock in the afternoon, I got like the cold sweats, shaky hands, and that's pretty <laughs> much the rest of the day for me. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it's funny, people are listening probably have no idea what that is. No, but we all laugh because we know. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, we, should, we should explain, that's... Hunter's basically saying his blood sugar is really low yeah, for the rest of the day because there's no yeah. carbs here. And it's like one of those things, you know, it's like you're talking to someone who doesn't know what you're doing and you know in your mind, you're like, they think I am like literally like three IQ points shy of like actually being mentally in the gap right now. Because <laughs> I'm talking at like, I don't, I don't know if y'all animated movies. I watch a lot of animated movies because of my daughter. But for those of y'all that have seen Zootopia, the sloth at the DMV, he moves yeah. at like what, one mile an hour like this. I feel like that's my brain like the last couple of weeks. So, so your yeah. high day, your high day is not that much crazier. I mean, it's a little bit. Yeah. So this, this isn't. Oh, it is here. I, the, you got some rice down here. I see yeah. The rice at the end. This isn't really indicative to how the whole prep's been. Honestly, this is, this change yeah, has been, been in the last week. I've, yeah, anyone course. that's curious, I've posted once a week, pretty much since 16 weeks out with the diet as the last slide. 
so you can kind of see where it's gone. And, you know, until about two or three weeks ago, the high day was pretty damn high. And the low day was still low. But, you know, the high day is really the one that's kind of kept on sliding back to where it's gotten to be, like, low and kind of lowish and still so, low and high. So, Hunter, is this, like, uh, you know, you're two weeks out now. Are you, in the, are you in a depletion phase right now? Like, are you guys going to carb up, like, starting, like, a Wednesday next week or something? Or what's the game plan? Um, we're just kind of trying to squeeze me down right now because, you know, despite, you know, the calories not being that high, um, my weight's holding pretty well and the morning looks holding pretty well. And my issue's never been with fullness. Like every show I've ever done, I can look at a weight and get full. My issue's always been, you know, coming in really, you know, dry and hard as nails. And, you know, obviously, A, at any pro show, that's really important. But B, you know, the guy we have on this this, this uh, podcast with us, <laughs> I know I have to show up in shape and dry yeah. as nails. So yeah. we're just really making an effort to know, you know, like know we're in a good spot when we carve up. Um, my, my training partner looks at me every day. My dad looks at me pretty much every day. Andrew gets pictures twice a day. We're all in agreement that I'm getting pretty much fat-free. It's hard for people to tell because I'm so damn pale. But uh, yeah, sorry, we're, 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 get, we're getting there body fat-wise. So it, it's probably going to, you know, we'll run low for another couple of days. I fly to Tampa Tuesday. If I had to guess, like, the work work will probably be done by, you know, like Monday, Tuesday, and we'll start, you know, really just working on the look and getting the water right. Do you train at all? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or no? So it actually lined up perfect. I didn't even have to, like, change anything. Because normally, obviously, your split won't line up for you. But I always like training legs, uh, like, the Saturday before the show the last time. It's, like, one full week. So I train legs Saturday, the Sunday off. And then Monday, I'll train push. Tuesday, I'll train pull uh, in Tampa. Wednesday, I'll train arms. Then Thursday, I'll do, like, you know, full upper body pump. And then Friday, I might do full upper body pump. I'm one of those guys that I don't like switching a lot of dials and changing a lot of stuff. And, you know, when my body's used to a certain activity level, you know, I know it's super sensitive, especially and it was what we're doing the last week to it. But for it to go from, you know, hammering out weights and sweating out like a gallon and doing 40 minutes of cardio a day to just, you know, like napping all day long. I don't really ever feel like that's a good thing and it doesn't no. make me look the best. So yeah, I, I definitely like keeping the activity level. And then I'm one of those guys that, you know, I don't like sitting in the room just with my thumb up my butt while I wait. The last three or four days before a show are the worst in bodybuilding. So, yeah. you know, especially at Tampa, you know, between having MI40 there and then Joe Bennett hypertrophy coaches there. So, there's a couple really cool gyms. Um, a couple guys I'm really looking forward to catching up with. You know, Ian's one of them. Andrew's got a bunch of clients that are competing. So, so you know, just kind of relax and take it easy and chill. I'm one of the one of the ones that just likes to hang out with everyone and you yeah. know, just chill. I'm not really off to myself at all. I get in my head when I'm off to myself. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I should have done that more. Ian, we are looking at just a point to make too. I was just pointing out before we say is that Hunter, despite Hunter and I had doing very similar physiques, it's interesting when he said about that he has a very, like, never really goes flat, like always has a nice full look, but getting that hard, dry, grainy is the thing. I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. I can get grainy and dry doing almost nothing, but for me to keep full, like my flat versus full is like two completely different bodies. Well, dude, I read, like, I, I heard in your podcast, I think it might have been with Fua, that you drink, like, fucking, like, 10 liters of water the night before. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'd literally, I'd literally wake up looking like the Mitchell in here. Yeah, that's how I am too. I mean, for me, like once that, like that, that I get into that state of flatness, it doesn't matter how much water, carbs, like it's almost impossible. And my physique, once it loses that fullness, it I lose a lot on it. You know, like it, it does your stomach it. handle it well? Pushing that much water and food to stay full? Yeah, my stomach usually can. I mean, I've I've had one show. What show is this? I've always been curious about people that eat a lot because, like, my stomach will get big. Eat a lot. Vancouver Pro twenty eighteen. Um, we put, we put, kept the water in pretty high and it, yeah, everything looked like I looked good. I was full and, and hard, but then I could tell like I was having, like when I was breathing, I was having a lot of like stomach in and out. Like you could see like that. I was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm keeping it in from the food. Like I, I'm not, I don't have a big waste by any means, so I can at least get away with it to an extent, but um, but yeah, no, that's definitely something that's drastic. Well, you and I both have that going for us, but you know, it's like one of those things where we have great ways normally, so we don't want to just be like getting away with it, you know, we want to have it suck down. I want to ask you guys what you think. I mean, for Hunter, I think your uh, dryness will come with more shows because I know your ages, your ages aren't similar, but, or your ages are close, but uh, 
Ian's done more shows than you have, Hunter. So I think the more you can Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you got you, you to think, and this is, like, something that I wanted to say, is that if anyone even has, like, remotely the idea of nationals in their mind for anything, whether it be my level of conditioning or the size that I'm bringing, they're going to be, like, so surprised. And I don't think Ian thinks that. I think Ian's got a good idea. You know, it's like, I feel like a lot of people have been talking about how I'm going to have to, like, get by on my shape, this, that, and another. I am 25 pounds heavier than I was at nationals, yeah. right? You know, yeah, and yeah. I am in, I was in better shape a week and a half, two weeks ago than I was for nationals. So it's yeah. just a different animal for sure. Ian, what do you think? Uh, what do you, why do you think you can drink so much water? But is this a, just a genetic thing or something to do with your diet? Well, I don't know. Like, hey, let's preface this. I, 90% of the show I've done in my life, I haven't drank that much water on the day of the oh, show. Oh, okay. Okay. Usually okay. I'm a guy that will, you know, lower it a day out or two days out and we'll kind of taper down and, you know, maybe it'll just be sips on the day of the show, whatever. Um, but especially when I'm trying to put like, really maintain fullness or push fullness and it depends how many shows i've done the year if it's like second third fourth show and like things are just in overdrive at that point you know like your body's just burning through everything you're sucking all the water dry um, at that point i definitely need it or i mean i i can't hold fullness to save my life sometimes yeah, so yeah uh, it really depends but i i've also like definitely got a different hold and handle on my body this year i think than, than previous years i mean i think patrick and i have found a, a very good groove um, and, and got a good understanding of how my body operates with, you know, with fluid and with food and all these kind of things now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, we, we're going into it in a very, very good spot of, of understanding things like that. Yeah. So I just want to go through this, your diet real quick, Ian. This is your high day. And yeah. how often are you doing no cardio? Just on your high days? Uh, I mean, and there's some high days where I might do 20 minutes fasted. I mean, it really mm -hmm. depends. Uh, this was just the high day that I'm doing literally today. This is quite a bit of food. Yeah. Well, this is your high day though. This isn't okay. So, yeah, so it's 150 cream yeah. of rice or rice, like 150 raw rice. Like I said, that's like 400, 450. Yeah. yeah. Uh, banana. Yeah. Same 400, 450 meal too. Oh, that's right. This 150 grams is raw. Raw. Jesus. That's a lot of food, man. Yeah. That's a lot of food. Holy <laughs> shit. I wasn't thinking about it raw. <laughs> that's why I said, I said, Oh, it's not a lot of food. And then I read this little thing here it's all weights are measured raw. Like it depends how much and what kind of rice you use, but it cooks like anywhere between. 350 and 450. It really depends. I was going to say, usually it's triple. Yeah, triple to yeah. three yeah. and a half. So yeah. then you got some fish and rice, and here we got some beef. You got some low-fat beef and rice and some olive oil. So you're still doing good with the fats. Yeah. Nothing pre-workout, and then a little bit of EAAs and stuff during your workout. Post-workout, you're still doing the isolate. Yeah. And then you got some insulin here with the rice cakes and jam. When do you – are you going to pull the insulin out before the show, or is it something you're going to ride all the way through? I don't know the answer to that, to be honest. I haven't asked. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, so, that sounds about right for me, too. <laughs> uh, rice, banana, chicken. Here we go. This is pretty – it's a lot of food, man. Yeah, it's a lot to eat. I don't like it. <laughs> that's – you know, I think that's – I mean, I love my diet, but I hate eating lots of food. That's for sure. I know. But I'll be honest. I find – and I don't know if any of you guys are the same way with this – I find actually eating higher carb days easier than the lower carb days in certain aspects because I find, especially when you're eating lots of meat and like meat gets high, if you don't have any carbs with it, eating meat on its own, I find very hard. Like when you have like a good, good rice to meat ratio, you know, like it's way easier to eat. But like say you only have a hundred grams of cooked rice, but then like 10 ounces of chicken versus yeah. you have like 500 grams of rice and eight ounces of cooked chicken. It's so much easier to eat. Except when I'm still. Yeah, I'm all about that salad life. Whenever the protein gets high yeah. and the carbs go low, I'll start <laughs> mixing in some salad and some veggies. If, what are you saying? If, um, if I'm really hungry at the end, I actually like the monotony of trying to eat 10 ounces of chicken. Oh, I hate it. Because it makes me feel like I'm eating a lot of food because it's taking so long to eat. Oh. I just but I have to, but I have to be really hungry to. I have to be really hungry to be in that mood. Yeah, yeah I understand. I think it's more of like a mental thing for me because I just like don't like eating meat. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, just I like know. when I see it, I know my next meal is like, oh, I gotta eat chicken, but like nothing with it. I'm like, fuck this shit. Yeah, I don't want to. But eat I that. think you feel that way because you're still eating. This still looks like four thousand calories. Yeah, from probably more. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and you got your low day. You still have the, the walnuts. You got fats in the meals. And yeah, I mean, this is quite a bit of food. And then down here, you got your low day. Why is it plenty of water with pressed lemon? Is that a liver thing? That's just like a yeah digestion thing, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, cardio, your low day, 100 grams of oats, raw. But you can see the protein's a little higher there. There's 300 egg whites versus two. Yeah. You have the beef plus the isolate, so there's a little more in there. Yeah. 
200 grams of sweet potato, 100 grams of white rice. See, this looks like more like something I would do. The, the one up on your. But on your dude, rice. you gotta keep on thinking. It's all uncooked weights. That's like three hundred grams of rice. So. <laughs> so hundred is still like two fifty. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. lot of food. It's crazy. No, you should be proud. You should be happy that you can get this in and still be like in the condition you're in. It's nuts. I mean, and I, I think that's the biggest thing we've I've noticed this year is that I've been able. This to is what comes from a great off season, Ian. Props to you on that one. This is a hundred percent a reflection of what the off season was. You know, and, th- and that's where it comes down to. I've, I've got away eating way more food, yeah. you know, and still progressing really well my, so that my training intensity has been able to stay high, um, you know, and, and I've been able to maintain that look of fullness a, at a lot more points. What is uh, what is it? Why I've just been doing – I do olive oil there. I've never done safflower in my life. Okay, I thought there was a reason why. I mean, there might be that he knows, but I, I've just – I don't have five different bottles of oil, so I just use olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I like it. You guys got pretty different diets, pretty similar training styles. Both have made crazy gains in the off season. The show's in 13 days. I think people are excited to see what, uh, what's going to happen. What are you posing to Hunter? Do you know yet? Oh yeah. Are you, wait, I got a question for you, Hunter. Cause your dad is like the poser of all posers. Has he been working with you on like a routine or just mandatories? No, honestly, it's kind of funny. This is really funny, actually. I'll appreciate this. Lee is like the worst teacher at mandatories ever. It's like having like Mozart trying to teach you to play piano, right? Because, <laughs> you know, you work with a normal posing coach and then it's like, okay, scoop this foot up, pull this knee across, get this arm like back here, you know, contract this lat. He's just like, yeah, just, just do it. Just get in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm helping for mandatories. I don't really do my mandatories with them, but what he does and, uh, you know, if, if y'all are curious about this, like you and Ian or whoever's listening, um, we'll actually do the posing routines together and like we'll pick the music and he's actually pro tool certified because he's a musician. He plays the guitar like very well actually too. So we'll kind of like pick the We'll make some edits if we want to, you know, you have different parts. We'll need to be like raised in volume or shortened, lengthened, slow down, whatever. And then um, him and I will go through and, you know, catalog all the poses that we really like. And then he'll actually, uh, for this one, you know, the last couple I had done pretty much myself and then didn't help me polish. But this one, he really helped me choreograph a lot. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, when we talk about first, you know, this is my first time having longer than 60 seconds That's to right. pose. It's so a bigger deal, man. It's a bigger deal. It, because, you know, you know, at the amateur level, you know, 60 seconds is enough time to hit all your mandatories, one or two cool poses, and have pretty transitions. Yeah. You know, there's no walkouts. There's no dramatic anything. I, you got to get it in. I got a deeper question on this. Now, with Lee being your dad of all people, like, you know, obviously you guys have drastically different physiques. There's a million things, you know, I don't think your physiques are even remotely the same. No. Uh, but I think obviously him being your dad and being such an illustrious poser, is that a big pressure point for you? I was just going to ask that. I was just going to, yeah. So I'll tell you what it is. And it's good for me because I am, I am one of those guys that while I, I will, I will, I would all, I will always show up to a bodybuilding show with my mandatories branded into my head. Yeah. yeah, because it's what we get judged on. It's what you have to be good at. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. That being said, you know, like if, if Lee wasn't my dad, I probably wouldn't hold myself to that high of a standard for posing routines. Like to be perfectly blunt, because while I appreciate it, it's not something that I personally, you know, love. But you know, that being said, you know, posing is a huge part of bodybuilding. So like obviously, you know, like the mandatories, like I said, I'm going to come correct with my mandatory because I want to do that. You know, in terms of, you know, like showing your physique and really making an impression and stuff, I know that the posing routines are important. And, you know, I feel like it's one of those things because I never really think about it that much in the off season. And when prep rolls around, I'm so tired. There's a million things I'd rather do than go, you know, basically artist, artistically dance while squeezing every bone in my body for, you know, an hour in the garage with my dad at night. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to be better for it. So I don't feel a lot of pressure from the standpoint that I have to pose like him, but I feel like it puts a lot of pressure uh, on myself in a good way to, you know, like take care of passive of bodybuilding. That's very important that I might neglect if, uh, if I wasn't in that position. Yeah, yeah no, I'm the same for sure. And Ian, you don't, Ian, you're not like, 
I mean, posing, I'm posing's exactly, not a big deal for you, right? I'm literally exactly what Hunter described if his dad wasn't Lee LeBron. I mean, he just described me. I mean, that's exactly what it was. I, I want to make sure I'm as good as I can possibly be at the mandatories, and a routine is a very secondary to that because it's not what I feel I'm judged on. You okay, know, question, like, question, question, though. Question. I want to interrupt you guys for a second. Yeah. So I enjoy the posing. I was probably never, obviously, never as good as Lee was, but there's a, there's a, there's a, I want to know if you guys like that eruption from the crowd you get when you do hit a shot and they go nuts. Of course. I mean, is there, okay, but isn't there something that in your head that's like, you know what, I want to make them do that during my routine? Yeah, I understand you that. Get, do you get that? Yeah. Is, that sure. something, is it something you want to get I, from? I, I look at that from the perspective that if I look good enough that I could hit a fucking just turn around, squeeze my glutes and people will make that sound. So it doesn't matter if I'm <laughs> fancy three, three. Okay. Let me, turn, let me rephrase the question. Three quarter turn Arnold poses. It, it shouldn't matter. If I'm that good, I'll turn around or I'll go to the side and I'll, you know, do hit my side chest and people will shit themselves, whether I'm good at hitting the pose or not. You know, let me rephrase the question. You said you liked my, my routine at the 17 Arnold. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, does that make you want to do something like that? Or is it just not, you're not really. That uh, I think for me, in that, like, I don't know if this is answering your question, but I think for me, your routine didn't so much make me go look at your physique and say, holy shit, as opposed to it evoked emotion in me. Yeah. That's you what know? I'm talking about. That's like, more yeah, what I I'm talking like, about. I watched it and like the, the impactfulness of your poses and like, you know, kind of thinking of like where you were in your career and like evoked emotion in me, you know, okay. and I think I felt that more than anything versus like looking at it and being like, Wow, he turned around and hit his back double. Holy shit, he looks insane. Not saying you didn't. You look good. But I'm oh, saying I, I felt more of an emotional connection to it than I usually felt. And I think that's why I recall it a lot more than I usually do. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, I think people refer to the posing as the artwork, you know, because it does involve, invoke emotion, especially but I think, if we're going to actually pose well. But I think, Ian, you actually said what I was trying to say, and you said it better. Do you want to evoke the emotion of the crowd? Because I like that. Personally. Yeah, I mean, look – Look, man, in a perfect world, I'd be, I would love to be able to pose like his dad or, you know, or some of these classic guys, you know, even to pose as good as Bumstead. I mean, Bumstead's a far superior poser than I am. Yeah. Um, you know, would I, would I love to be able to? Sure. You know, but like, and, and maybe you can chalk this up to fear, laziness. I'm not really, really quite sure it is. But when you get to that point of one, you know, it's, you hit the mandatories and you do all that stuff, but, you know, it's to get out of that comfort zone and posing is just something that I haven't quite got to yet. I don't think, you know, yeah. from hitting poses that I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like, oh, am I going to look stupid if I hit that? Even if I practice it a hundred times, you know, doing certain poses, I'm like, I haven't been hitting that for 10 years. Like I've been hitting some of the poses that I hit like my mandatories, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So there's always like a comfort level there. And it's, you know, you know how I hard I am on myself with certain things. And, yeah. you know, I'm definitely yeah. something, some person that, you know, as, as silly as this is really cares about like the opinions of others on certain things. Um, and I'm, I don't want to go out there and hit a pose and people be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know? <laughs> so maybe then I play it more, maybe I play it more conservative than I should and stick to the poses that I know well, I, you know, and then, like I said, maybe you could chalk it up to an, an, an aspect of laziness where, yeah, during the off season, I could take that time and hammer down those poses and I would eventually feel that comfort level. You're, yeah. you're, sure. A hundred percent. You know, there, there is kind of two sides to that. Um, but like, you know, Hunter also said, it's, you know, you get to that point when, you know, you're in prep, like there's so many other things your mind is so focused on. It just like in the, the order of importance to me, it's never peaked that high in my thing. And I also, I also like, I don't know. And this is maybe a question for you, Fuad. When you did that pose your routine, were you trying to convey an emotion that you felt or something? Or were you yeah. just doing a routine that you thought would be impactful? No, I, I like I can. It's you felt it. This is really going to sound cheesy, but I can, I like that. Like I can feel that music. Yeah. See, that, and that's, that, I've, I've never had that yet. Like I've yeah. never had where like I felt a song and like I feel that I could like display and show like emotion through that song and through my posing for the, the crowd to grasp what I'm feeling yeah, and to yeah, demonstrate yeah. it well enough. So for me, I've just played it safe and I hit my mandatories. I try and hit them as well as I can. You know, maybe I'll throw in one or two different poses here and there. Uh, you know, I try and pick music that you know somewhat i like but we've also discussed like maybe picking music you like is not always the best choice there has to be yeah. kind of a compromise there yeah. um something that kind of reflects your physique as well something that you 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 can feel 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's really where I am at with it. I mean, you know, there's definitely a, a huge margin for me to improve from a, from opposing routine standpoint. Yeah. Um, last question before you guys go, because Hunter has a hard stop in like six minutes. Okay. Um, not to jinx the show, but one question for you, Ian, are you worried about being able to fly over being Canadian? No. What about quarantining coming home? Do you have to quarantine? Have to so what do you have to do? You stay home for like 14 days or something like that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, what do you mean? <laughs> do you have to? Or not? Man, I try train my entire prep in a fucking basement gym, like at home. Like yeah. it's not like you know what I mean. No, but I'm just saying, like, you're not worried about having to stay home and do all that shit. Like, you're you're fine no. with it. Okay. I mean, I, man, like, I, I literally leave my house like twice a week. It's not, you know, <laughs> like I get Melissa to can, can do Costco for me. And other than that, I don't really yeah. need to leave the house. Yeah. And I mean, I've also looked at it from the perspective of, okay, I'm going to win Tampa. I'm going to have two weeks to then you know, a little downtime to relax and then get into my Olympia prep. So that's yeah. where I'm looking at, you know. Uh, both, actually, this is for both of you, but Hunter, I'll let you answer first. Are you guys worried at all? Is the show going to go on? Is it going to go forward? Have you guys talked to anybody about any of that? And do you know any details that anybody else doesn't know? Um, you know, I think at this point, as close as we are, having any of the may or may not happen in the back of our head would, would be... Yeah you know, the worst thing that could happen for our mentality, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, at least for me, you know, it's blood in the water right now at this point, you know, it's, it's happening. Um, you know, as far as knowing things, um, you know, I've spoken with Tim Gardner a couple of times, obviously, you know, he's known as one of the guys who does a great job for us and takes care of people, yeah. you know, a show in San Antonio just got postponed here in Texas, despite his best efforts to make it go on. Yeah. And, you know, um, he, he definitely has made it sound like if he can move heaven and earth for it to happen, even if he loses his ass on it and, you know, he's got to do all kinds of weird stuff to make it happen, then he's going to make it happen. Like, he's, he, 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 he really, it sounds like he wants it to happen. You know, okay. obviously everyone wants it to happen. So. Sorry, guys. I don't, I don't, I didn't mean to be negative. I just kind of. No, no, no. It's a valid question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, there's already been so many happen at this point. You just kind of have to like pretend it's happening. And if it doesn't, like, we'll deal with that when yeah. it comes, you know, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But in, my, in my mind right now, like I'm not even really considering it as an option. I mean, I, you know, I, I know it is an option, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, worst case is I find, well, you know, like, in, in, my, in my mind, at least, you know, like it, the, in Florida, you know, being very, very, uh, it's a conservative state. It's a red. So, you know, the governor's come out and say he does not want another shutdown. And, you know, like, while he might be, like, you know, like, limiting events in this, that, and another, I don't think we're risking another shutdown in Florida, per se, you know, knock on wood. But, um, you know, it could be real interesting in terms of, like, the levels of attendance and, you know, whether or not we're in masks, God forbid, or anything. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. That being said, like I said, I think if there is a way to make it happen, Tim will make it happen for us. So I'm excited he's the promoter in charge of it. Well, fingers crossed, man. I hope you guys get to the show, and I'm really, really excited to see the uh, standoff. I haven't picked a winner in my own head. I actually can't pick a winner, to be honest with you. I'm friends with both of you, but not to be nice, I actually can't pick a winner. You guys both have uh, some awesome strong points, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys actually just stand next to each other and see what it looks like. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, look, uh, you, I, know, I know Hunter's got to go. I appreciate both you guys coming on. I appreciate the discussion, and uh, good luck in the last few days of your preps. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having us on. See you in Tampa, Ian. Looking forward to it, brother. Yeah, we'll see you guys. Okay, guys. Bye-bye.